You're listening to Financial Insights, a podcast that helps investors through the difficult maze of financial planning and saving for retirement. I'm Brian Ullman, and I'm a financial advisor and certified financial planner at Ford Financial Group. And together with some guests and other advisors at my firm, we're talking about the issues and questions relating to finance that face our clients every day. Thanks for joining us for another episode. This week, I'm joined by Nick Redmond, who's a certified financial planner and financial advisor here in the office. And together, we are chatting about uh, long-term strategies for investing, or seven key principles for successful long-term investing. Uh, and the genesis of this was really came from a J.P. Morgan piece uh, that covered these items as well, and they're very useful. Uh, and so we talk about that a little bit. It's it's uncommon for us to have clients here who are focused on the short term, or I will say some people are focused on the short term when really they're actually long-term investors. So I will give you an example. Uh, as we get into volatile periods, people are worried about the market being down in a certain day or a certain week or a certain month. That's more short-term investing when really what we're worried about here, what clients are worried about here is long-term investing and our plans for retirement which are often five, 10, 20 years long. And that makes us all long-term investors. I remind everybody here often, and I've probably even done it here on this podcast, that we are we are not traders here, we are investors. So yes, we are mindful of what's going on here in the short term, but our focus is really on the long-term. And so that's what Nick and I are addressing today in this week's podcast. Uh, I appreciate you listening. Before we dig in, I will say if you have a, a question or if you have something that you would like to have us address on the podcast, please feel free to email us at info at fordfg.com and we will certainly try to cover your question or cover the topic that you have um, an idea or question or concern about. So uh, with that, we'll dig right into my conversation with Nick Redmond. So right now I'm doing a lot of um, beginning of the year meetings. Right. This goes right. on in January, February, and even in March and April because a lot of tax stuff, it's money time for everybody right now. Uh, and so one of the things that is going on as we kind of record this is that markets have been a little bit more turbulent. And I mean a little bit because they're really calm last year, but a little bit more turbulent um, here over the last couple of, of weeks at the very least. The coronavirus stuff is is... It's like an excuse. Things. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you have some are... crazy stuff going on in the high end. I will use it. I, hopefully this, this doesn't get cut by compliance. Tesla stock, you know, yeah. firing or or what is it? Virgin uh, Galactic. Virgin Galactic. <laughs> so if you want to invest in space, uh, space tourism, yeah. <laughs> right? So it's, it's getting a little weird right. out right. there. Uh, and so. Which I, we'll see as normal. Yeah. Later on when we, when we, yeah, we'll get into this because volatility is normal uh, and we're not used to volatility. So when we get it, it feels like we're getting whipped around a little bit. Volatility, volatility works two ways also, right? right. It's up and down and we've experienced um, both. I think people say, Oh, volatility is happening. That means things are going down. Yeah. No, volatility is both. The context that we use it in. Yeah. Right. And uh, we've had months where we started the year with January was fantastic and February was terrible. Mm-hmm. This isn't that year, but, right. uh, and it just, ha- what that means is the volatility was there. It's just, we went up first and down second and not vice versa. So, um, 
So what we're going to try and tackle today is because we have some volatility and because it's a new year and people are doing a little bit of spring cleaning in their portfolios or in their finances, uh, we're going to Nick and I are going to take a look at principles for successful long-term investing. And we have seven items here that we're going to try and cover that is a back-to-basics kind of exercise here for all of us. Um, and we're going to roll through these one by one, and hopefully they can help us kind of recalibrate. Uh, it's like balancing the tires on, on your car right, or something, right. right? Kind of just bringing us back in line with where we we ought to be, mm-hmm. given the fact that we have a little bit more volatility. Things are up, but there isn't a whole lot of optimism out there, would you right. say? No, it doesn't seem like it. I mean, you look at research and it, and it's, there's yeah. still that cloud that's hanging over yeah. everybody. Yeah, and it has been for a while. And one thing I tell clients a lot is, the further we get from the last recession, the closer we are to the next one. That's a really good way of yeah. putting it. And, and whether that happens in six months, 18 months, two years, it's it, right. We, we've seen that it's going to happen eventually. Yeah. And it's almost like that, that's, that fact is being accepted by everybody right mm-hmm. now. It's not, it's right. not so much fear that's gripping everybody about another 2008 or something right, like that. Right. It's just like, we all know what's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the fact that everybody's expecting it is, is pushing it out a little bit, (laughs) Uh, but at any rate, it's never a bad time to kind of get back to basics. And so we're talking about principles for successful long-term investing. And we're going to start with number one, Mm -hmm. which is plan on living a long time. I don't think it's any secret that we're living longer Mm -hmm. than we used to. Um, You know, do you see this here with clients that you're working with that they're not planning for living long enough? I think the, most of the clients that we see are, are active in retirement and they, they want to live a long time. I think a lot of them are planning to live a long time. And we, you know, one thing that we do is, is kind of build that into our financial plans. We'll, we'll run them out to definitely 90, a lot of times till 95, especially if there's some longevity on, uh, on the side of, of the client or the client and the spouse. Sure. Well, and, and it's really interesting. There's, we have some stats um, here that we've gotten through JP Morgan, but they're really coming from the Social Security Administration in terms of life expectancy. Um, and if you're 65 today, there's a pretty good pop, uh, likelihood, really, not probability, th- that you're going to reach ages 80 or 90. So, for example, a 65 year old couple it has a, a nearly 50%, a 48% probability of living another 25 years and needing their investments to last to age 90. Right. It's it's wild. I mean, yeah. um, when we do plans, do you? I usually run my financial plans out to ninety five. Is, mm-hmm. that, is yeah. that how far yeah, you take? Yeah. I think that's there's some debate in our field of whether ninety or one hundred is the right you know right age, and I think ninety five is fair mm-hmm. for a couple who is sixty five today. There's actually a twenty percent chance that at least one of them is going to go and live until age ninety five. Um, so again, that's, that's going a little bit further out than that 48% uh, for age 90. But even if you go, here's the real big difference. A couple um, that's 65 today has a seven, nearly 75% chance of living to age 85. So yes, 90, 95, um, you know, it's a 50-50 chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but going to 85 is a really good chance, yeah. more likely than not, uh, much more likely than not. And and that has changed over time, uh, as have as the average life expectancy for men and women. It's actually, the gap has narrowed. Mm. Um, in 1990, 
Uh, there was about a four-year difference in life expectancy between men and women, women living longer. Uh, and in 2017, uh, it's down to two and a half years. So oh, wow. um, a pretty a pretty sizable difference. Women live longer. There's no doubt about right, that. Right. And so that alone um, suggests that we need to plan on living a long time. Um, but there's also a retirement savings gap right. where there's a, a large number of people who think they've saved enough and people who haven't, right? Right, right. Um, so I would say as you're, a lot of people look to their family history. Oh, my family doesn't live very long or they do. Um, but I, that doesn't tell the whole story. No. Right? No, yeah, that can be, yeah, there can be a lot of factors. Again, just medical science breakthroughs, things like that. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, just look at postpone or postponing death for, for a lot of people. I got one for you. Look at the number of smokers 20 years ago. Right. Now. Right. That's a big right? one. I yeah. mean, come on. Yeah, for sure. Um, dietary stuff has mm-hmm. changed. Yeah, people exercise more, more. more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Learning more and more what it takes to live longer and stay healthier. And, and that's going to certainly affect retirement. Yeah. It affects retirement. It affects the number of years you're in retirement. If you're living in 95 and you retire at 65, you're going to spend nearly a third of your life in retirement. Yeah. So you've got a plan to live a long time. So, mm-hmm. so that's number one. Um, let's move on to number two and that's that cash isn't always King. Do you want to kind of expound on that, Nick, a little bit? Right. Yeah. So we've often said, uh, you know, if, if Markets are tough. Markets are volatile. We'll we'll raise cash and 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 put it uh, take it out of the market, put it somewhere else. But with interest rates as low as they are, and, and we've got some stats on uh, certificates of deposits from 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 banks and, and certainly savings accounts as well. I mean, we always get people complaining that my savings account isn't um, earning me anything, and the bank has CDs that aren't earning much above anything. Right. Um, so it's a yeah, it's back in the this one. This stat again goes back to nineteen. Well, one that we'll look at going back to nineteen ninety, I believe. Yeah, yeah it was. Um, you know, there's uh, interest from CDs was was enough to outpace inflation. Yeah, uh, basically the bottom line. And and today that's definitely not the case. No, I mean you could. Well, you we. I mean we hear the stories all the time, right? Oh, I could get fifteen percent mm-hmm. on a CD. Yeah, well, inflation was about that same. About right, the same. Right. But there is a difference though. Um, well, these low interest rates have kind of punished savers here mm-hmm. lately. And so, as you mentioned, going back to nineteen ninety, again, this comes from um, uh, J.P. Morgan. That a six month CD, um, if you put in a hundred thousand dollars, a six month CD would generate. Uh, $8,000. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. This is in 1990. And all the income that you needed to beat inflation was only $5,000. So you could put money into a CD and beat inflation. Right. That's the right. bottom line. And when you're investing, that's your that's your threshold level, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if that's you, really you, the base You start with having yeah, to keep up yeah, with inflation. Right. And so you could do that with a CD. And if you were investing more at a higher rate, mm-hmm. that's gravy. Right. right, right, exactly. Um, but now, flash forward to 2018, and you put a hundred thousand dollars in a six-month CD, and you generate only five hundred and eighty-nine dollars in interest. Mm-hmm. Not That's great. Terrible. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Um, now, the amount you needed to beat inflation would be only two thousand right, dollars. So, right. granted, inflation is way lower than it was in 1990 compared to 2018. But what's even worse right. is what you're getting, uh, where you could outpace inflation with a CD in 1990. You can't do that with 2018. Yeah. So uh, cash is not always king. There is a place for cash, mm-hmm. though, right? 
Absolutely. Um, rainy day savings, mm-hmm. um, having a little bit on the sidelines for liquidity, yeah. those kinds of things. Good market opportunities if it, if it, uh, yeah. you're looking for that. A little dry powder, as they yeah, say. Exactly. Um, right. But it, it is... Holding cash and holding CDs is not an investment strategy, particularly right now when we have interest rates what they are. So let's move on to number three, uh, and that is uh, a, one of the the third principle we're going to cover for uh, successful long term investing is that you cannot ignore dividends and the compounding uh, effect of dividends in a portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the. R- Receiving dividends and reinvesting those dividends is an important part of investing for anybody. Um, And you can even use the simple illustration that you have there, Nick, right? Right, yeah. So if uh, you were to invest $10,000 in the S&P 500 price return, that would have gone to about $270,000. But if you had invested or had those dividend payments reinvested, uh, would grow to over $1.1 million. So a huge right. difference there just by investing dividends. Um, yeah, and that's, and that's starting with, that's taking an investment of $10,000 in 1970, mm-hmm. right? And so the growth just on price is less than $300,000. But if you're reinvesting dividends, that's the real snowball effect, yeah. right? Where it's just compounding on itself to to more than $1.1 million. Um, that's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And so take you know, dividends help when you are um, drawing money out of your investments, right? You're, you're taking out the interest and dividends that are being paid to you from those. But that doesn't mean in your 30s or 40s, you can ignore dividends and not, right. it doesn't matter because that's, that's a pretty big difference. Um, take, I, I won't name any specific names, but there are some value stocks out there that are paying three or 4% right. dividends. Right. Um, compare that to a treasury. Right, it's paying less yeah. than two yeah. percent for a ten-year treasury. So, uh, dividends obviously have a very big part in this. Um, and so, let's move on to number four then, and that's trying to uh, create and stick to a plan. We preach this all the time mm-hmm. in this podcast, uh, but you want to avoid emotional biases here and and letting your emotions get in the way of things. And you want to stick to your plan even when things go south. Right. Um, and this is probably the hardest um, one on the list for a lot of people is just, you know, when, when times are tough, it, it, again, like you said, sticking with it. And a lot of times we build into the plans that, that, that we show clients, we build in those those bad times just because that's, again, we, we talked about recessions and how those happen. And, and along with that come some difficult times in, in investing markets as well. Right. So. Yeah. There's a, there's a famous Dalbar study called uh, quantitative analysis of investor behavior. And it basically estimates that over the last 20 years, the average investor has re- have, has earned really just about a 2.6 annualized return compared to a more than 6% return on just a regular 60, 40 stock to bond portfolio. And, and that's because of essentially emotionally driven investments often lead to bad timing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, f- I feel good about X market or stock and they're getting in. And you, the reason they feel good is because it's been going up for a really right, long right. time. Uh, or if they feel bad, they say, oh, I'm going to go to the sideline and wait for things to get better. By doing that, if things are bad and you move to the sideline and wait for things to get better, you sell low and you buy high, right. which is the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do. Now, it, this is the part where we say, 
Uh, diversification doesn't guarantee investment returns, doesn't eliminate the risk of loss. So nothing is guaranteed here, of course. But if you go over quite a quite, quite a ways, sticking to a plan, not getting emotional with your investments is a really good way to do better with your investments over time. And the longer you're able to manage that, you know, if you're in your 30s and you're sticking with the plan, uh, you have three decades to yeah. ride that through and have those improved returns compound time over time. So, um, so let's move on to number five then, um, which is about vol- talking about volatility, uh, which is something that we kind of led with a little bit as mm-hmm. we were discussing things as well. Um, and that is really that volatility is normal, right? That's right. This is one of the, we're, and there's a JP Morgan chart that I'll link to in the show notes, uh, but it's talking about annual returns over intra-year declines. And it really shows um, that volatility is normal, mm-hmm. right? The market doesn't move straight up. Right, right. And that um, average intra-year drop is right around 14%. Um, so that's, and, and that's, that's nothing to, I mean, that's a, that's a good size number, right? If right. you go from, if you have a, a $10,000 account, um, you know, to, lo- to see that go down to, whatever that would be $8,600 roughly, or, um, is can be tough to tough to stomach. And, and that's what leads to those bad emotional decisions. But again, uh, annual returns are positive in, in 29 out of the past uh, 39 years on this, this, this chart that we have. Here. Yeah. Right. So and not and too bad. no, five percent ish. And, and we're looking, this is through 2000, um, 18, mm-hmm. if you include 2019, our big drawdown, I think last year was about 6%. Right, right. So things have, have been calm. And, and seeing through the noise and understanding that big drawdowns in mid-year is going to be part of the deal is as important to sticking with your plan that we mentioned in the last mm-hmm. one as anything. Um, you know, markets suffered double-digit declines in 22 of the last 39 years. Uh, but they still ended those years with positive returns 75% of the time. Right. So, I mean, that's it. Of the last 39, actually, the last 40 years, right. I guess, if you want to include uh, 2019, 75% of those years have ended in positive returns. Um, and this is what is often referred to as short winters and long summers, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, you, <laughs> it's, it's never that bad for that long, I think, is the idea here. And so... Um, that's important. So as we talked about sticking with a plan, let's move on to number six, which is talking about diversification. Because really, diversification isn't a guarantee, but diversification works, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and it can help, again, with those, uh, again, avoiding those emotional decisions. Um, if, you've, if you've got a diversified portfolio, including you know, a mix of stocks, bonds, and other um, uncorrelated asset classes, that can that can help. Uh, buffer in some of the the tough market times that we've seen. Right. And knowing that you're not all in on one area. Right. You know, there is a a point where you, as an investor, you probably feel like you're missing out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know, like Carol here (laughs) talks about the tech bubble, Mm -hmm. right? Where she has clients coming in and saying, why are my returns only in the 20s and 30s percent? Um, I want to be all in tech. And going all in is where you get burned. the same can be true for maybe um, uh, people who are getting employee stock option plans or restricted stock units from their employer, uh, where you're holding a lot of company stock. And it's important sometimes to diversify out of there because you unknowingly will have all of your eggs in one basket and could get burned 
that way. Ways, right, and it's right. not burned through fraud or not some Enron situation, but just burned in that you're all you're not only is your salary, but also your retirement is tied to the success of a company. Right. And all, even good companies have bad stretches. Right. You know? Right. Exactly. Right. So, um, so sticking with the plan is, is important and diversifying uh, as part of that plan is important. Uh, and then finally, number seven is staying invested, right, Nick? It, that's this, right. It's about sticking with it. Right. Yeah, that's that's a big one. Again, it's kind of along along the same lines that you mentioned earlier. If somebody's feeling bad about the market and wants to get out, and they, they decide they'll get in when they feel better about it. A lot of times uh, they can miss out uh, because some of those bigger market days are, are very close in proximity to the um, to the worst market days, just because investors get scared, they get flushed out of the market, and then the market rebounds, and, and you can miss out on, on quite a quite a large number of gains. Yeah, right. I mean, it's it's time in the market, not timing the market, right. as they yeah. say, and, yeah. and um, trying not to screw it up by uh, getting in and out at inopportune times, because you'll never know. Short of having yeah. a crystal ball, you don't know when it's going to happen. And, and it's some, a couple interesting stats to go along with staying invested is to know that a blend of stocks and bonds haven't suffered a negative return over any five-year rolling period in the last 69 years. And that's for a 60-40 portfolio. Mm-hmm. So over a rolling five-year period, there are no negative returns. That is a huge change. Now, not all years are great, right. but at least over a rolling five years, they're not negative. Um, and then staying investing, staying fully invested. Um, so returns on $10,000 invested in the S&P from January 4th, 1999 to December 31st, 2018. Um, if you if you missed the 60 best days over that stretch, you would have had a negative 7.41% return. Mm-hmm. And that's just 60 days. Yeah. But yeah. if you had stayed invested in those 60 days, you would have had a 5.62% return. So let's turn that into dollar value because we're taking dividends into account. <clears throat> Over that 10-year stretch, if you missed the 60 best days, you were, your investment return would be a little bit more than $2,000. Where if you had stayed invested, your investment would have been ne- nearly $30,000 return. Really I mean, that's a huge <laughs> difference. Um, you're not going to smart out, out, I'm smart out. You're not going to outsmart all of capitalism. Right. Right? right. <laughs> there yeah. are millions of people doing the same things. And um, you know, it, that's why it's important to kind of going back through all of these Um not sticking with cash, getting into it, playing the long game because you're going to live a really long time, reinvesting those dividends and sticking to a plan and having that plan help you through volatility. Part of that plan is diversification. And the other part of the plan is sticking with the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, when markets go sideways, you've got a plan. You're sticking with it. The numbers don't lie. Right. Um, that it's uh, Those are the principles. It's a, It's about kind of intestinal fortitude yeah. as much as anything right um are you are we you think we're missing anything here are these no i think this is a really good like you said getting back to basics um just a few things nothing nothing too okay it's not that it's difficult but it's it's something that you need to do that we need to just again stick with that plan just the basics here it's just seven principles that we've got and yeah this can really lead to to investing success in the long term. Yeah, and this isn't profound. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 exactly. You know, yeah, it's like don't basics, have all your like eggs in one basket, yeah. stay invested, don't time the market, stick with your plan, stay diversified. Um, don't get emotional. I think that's a lot of times where we can help mm-hmm. um, 
because when things are going sideways, we get emotional phone calls right, from our right, clients, absolutely. right? Yeah, um, yeah. And so it's about reminding uh, people that it's, sticking with it is a, an important component to actually making gains over years and decades as they're investing and trying to save enough and grow their savings enough for retirement. So um, if you have questions about any of the stuff that we've covered, if you are sitting on a bunch of cash and you listen to number two and know that cash isn't king, let us help you out and kind of figure out a good way to invest that for you. Um, you can reach us at info at FordFG.com. Our website is www.FordFG.com. Uh, we'll leave it there for some disclosures. I would encourage you to su- subscribe if you're not already to the podcast. We release new episodes every Monday. Uh, and uh, I think we'll leave it there. Sounds good. Sound thanks, good, Brian. Yep. All right. Thanks. The advisors with Ford Financial Group are registered representatives with and securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advice is offered through Ford Financial Group, a registered investment advisor and a separate entity from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein.